You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big News Sports, featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Welcome in on a Friday. Our show is presented by Hedley Sensen, Union Home Mortgage. All of you dialing this in. Got a fantastic weekend for sports, just literally in Alabama. The region's tradition continues literally as we speak. Uh, you've got a uh, huge game for the Stallions on Saturday afternoon. Uh, but I'm going to pull up the leaderboard here in a minute and tell you that Paul Broadhurst is uh, currently your leader at minus seven. He's backed up by Ernie Els. I would love to see Ernie Els win this tournament more than I think anybody. Lars on the uh, on the leaderboard. I just always have really loved and respected Ernie Els. Yeah, he uh, has an absolutely beautiful swing, um, and uh, you know he had quite a bit of success on the PGA Tour. Um, and just you know, when you go down and you look of the, at the roster of guys on the Champions Tour. A few stars stick out, and certainly uh, Easy Ernie. Uh, or is it Easy Swinging Ernie? What is it? I forget his nickname, but um, he he is one of the you know the, the 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 marquee names on on the tour, and it would be great to have him in, in the final group in the final round. I uh, I take it back. I got to put somebody in front of him, and you would too. Dickie Pride, who played at Alabama, had some success on the PGA Tour. I know he won in Memphis once, but he's also wearing striker strong. So, uh, Ernie, good luck, but I'll be pulling for Dickie Pride. Whip Sanderson goes out and watches Dickie every single tournament, and uh, I've stood there with him on nine and watched him make the turn several times. And Dickie Pride is a class act, so maybe I'll hope he will win but I will urge you, it's it's more than golf. It's an event. And, yeah, you will see some people kind of dolled up out there. But, you know, it's it's a wonderful experience. And from what I understand, last I checked, the, uh, the weather is supposed to be awesome. In fact, um, I'm taking Karen out there for Mother's Day on Sunday. So we'll all be having a big time. But right now, let's jump on the NBA, Lars, because I'm really, believe it or not, I'm very, very hacked off at you. Uh, you want to know why? Why? Because you're such a big Jason Tatum guy, and he ate our breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the fourth quarter last night. The guy was one for 13. Suddenly he lights it up. He gets 16 points down the stretch. My Sixers could not throw it in the bay from the boat. They just, sorry to say it against my beloved 76ers, but they choked. And then tonight you got the Lakers. Um, and also last night, Phoenix clinched, and then you've got Miami and New York as well. So just your quick thoughts, and, you know, I'm just kidding about blaming the loss on you. Yeah, I no, you, I, you're I, a I big like, Tatum guy. I yeah. do like Tatum, 
And, um, you know, he outscored the Sixers by himself in, in the final period uh, to get uh, the 95-86 win uh, and force a game seven. And unfortunately, Matt, it feels like that this it this is the kind of game that uh, the game tonight is like as well uh, with, with the Warriors and the Lakers. It's kind of like whoever wins that game six is really going to have, I think, an easier path to winning game seven, even though it's series is tied three, three, because the Sixers could have thrown a knockout punch and advanced last night, but they just couldn't get it done. And um, and that really is all because of Tatum. He just he became the fifth player um, in the past 20 years to outscore another team in the fourth quarter of an elimination game. I mean, talk about coming up clutch. Uh, that was uh, Tatum. And it was very surprising given the fact that, um, you know, he started the it was one for 13 at the start of the fourth. Uh, he couldn't couldn't hit anything, and uh, then goes on to uh, uh, really just single handedly carry the uh, Boston Celtics to the win and force the game seven, which uh, would be played in the Boston Garden. And um, yeah, I, I think I think the Sixers are in trouble, but they do have Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP. And they do have James Harden. And I thought before the season that Harden was washed up. I thought just last year we saw him get old before our eyes. But no, that's not the case. Harden is still capable of going off. And so, you know, there's certainly a chance for the 76ers. But I really like Boston to pull this out. Christian, what you got on your view from the NBA? You know, I, I caught some of that Nuggets game, and I'm just really impressed with those guys, Jokic, yeah. Jamal Murray. Uh, I, I honestly think that might be the team to beat. I mean, the way they just uh, mantled the Suns uh, with Kevin Durant and Booker, I mean, uh, I, I just – man, Jokic is just such a good player. Um, and then you got guys like Caldwell Pope stepping up, and I, I feel like this is a common theme. Anybody that plays with LeBron – they're like average when they're on his team and then they get traded or they sign elsewhere and they just start playing uh, lights ahead of, of what they typically have played. But um, I think those guys are the team to be, at least in the West. Uh, I'm starting to get a little concerned for my Lakers just because I'm, I'm wondering if they're running out of gas. Uh, I think AD is going to be good to play. Um, but it, you just look at it, you know, LeBron and AD are just asked to do so much. And it's like we said – when the supporting cast, when they play their role and they're and they're significant, um, they they have a much better chance at winning. But uh, when they don't show up, it's like they don't have a chance at all. It seems like um, so that that's kind of what my eyes are on, at least in the West. But I, I don't know. I, a little large, you're, you're leaning towards the Celtics here, but well, I yeah, Joel and B. Yeah, I, I'm going. I'm going with the Sixers in that series. But that's just my thoughts. And and I agree with you, Christian. That. I think Denver is the team to beat, and I think it's all because of Jokic. I mean, the guy is just – he's unlike any other player in uh, the NBA. Uh, 6'11", can – you know, basically he can play point guard. He's not fast, right? But he's just – he's shifty. 
Uh, he's got just uh, incredible court awareness. He is as good going to the rim as he is like finding the open guy. I mean, it, the passes he makes are just incredible. I mean, there's a reason he's a two-time NBA MVP of the league, right? Yeah. Because he is just special. And it, it's amazing to think that he was a second-round pick by the Nuggets back in 2014, 41st overall out of uh, Serbia. And um, I just, you know, I just love his game. He's sort of like quintessential like European player. Yes. But, um, and he's got a little kind of like Tony Kukoc in him, uh, but he's bigger. Uh, I, I just don't know if there is a comp to Jokic. Uh, is, Dirk, is Dirk a comp? A little uh, bit? I think Dirk, Jokic Dirk is just so much bigger. He, I mean, he can beat you with his back to the basket. He can beat you, you know, off the dribble. I mean, he's not he's not particularly quick, but he's just uh, there's just like a an economy of motion that everything just seems so natural, right? And it's just so smooth. And it's just, I hadn't really paid close attention to him until this year. And I've just been blown away. I mean, there's a little Larry Bird in him. Um, He's just, uh, he's special. And because he plays in Denver, nobody really knows about him. And uh, and I and I I think and nobody's really talking about Denver. I mean, Christian, in these last few games with Kevin Durant on the floor, it wasn't even close who the better player was. I mean, it, it was just it was incredible how Jokic just he dominated both sides of the of the court. I mean, it really, I I just I can't be more effusive in my praise uh, of him. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. And that's why I think right now you got to look at them as a serious contender. I mean, they're the first ones to punch their ticket uh, to the semifinals. And, and even if the Lakers do get past Warriors, which I, I'm hoping they do, I think they will. I worry about them in that matchup because, again, you're talking about Kevin Durant, Booker, and, and, and that cast over there. Uh, really, and, and again, I mean, they lost last night by like 25. So, I mean, I know you got Anthony Davis and – he himself is a mismatch nightmare, but I think Jokic might be a guy who can give him a run for his money. Yeah. He's well a tremendous put. talent. You know who else I just marvel is Al Horford. I mean, what is a guy, 58? Uh, <laughs> he played on those back-to-back Florida <laughs> National Championships. And, you know, he's, he's a role player more than anything now, but he helped a lot uh, in Garden Embiid last night. He was hacking me off just like Lars was in Tatum. <laughs> but uh, don't yeah. you love guys that accept their role, move on? He started in 07, so what is this, his 16th, 17th year? Um, and it's hard for me to praise the Celtics, trust me. Yeah, I mean, that's how guys stick in the league for so long, right? They accept their roles, you know, as they get older, they, uh, you know, have a more diminished role. But on any given night, I mean, they can play a central role. And you've seen Horford. He it's he always comes up big in the playoffs. He's another clutch player. And, uh, he, you know, he, he's just a winner. And he's a guy who you want, you know, to be like your ninth, tenth guy off the on, on the bench. Like he's he is, um, you know, he, he's good at mentoring younger players. 
Um, I mean, gosh, I mean, some some of the guys on the team were probably like two years old when he uh, first entered the league. It's true. And uh, and so uh, the, the fact that he's still playing, I think, is also a testament to him, how he takes care of his body, his, his diet, nutrition, you know, all that stuff. And, um, you know, I've been close with a, a lot of NBA or a few NBA guys and um, it's a grind. The NBA is a grind. I mean, I you know you don't want to like feel too sorry for them because they are flying on private jets and getting catered meals and and all this. But you know when you have uh, those uh, those back to back road trip games and you're a West Coast team playing out on the East Coast and I mean you know you don't get to your hotel room till two in the morning. And you're so sort of amped up. You can't go to sleep until four. Got to be up by like 10 for shoot around. Come back to the hotel. Um, used to be that everybody watched uh, soap operas. Uh, <laughs> the Young and the Restless. We actually did a story on this once in the magazine, how NBA players were addicted to Young and the Restless. Uh, so they'd get a quick nap in and then boom, you're back to the, the, to the arena. So to be able to do that, my point is to, to be able to do that for as long as Horford has at the level he has is uh, unique and incredibly impressive. I think I talked about this earlier this week uh, that uh, Barkley, Charles Barkley was a huge. I don't know if it was the young and the re- restless or if he was in the general hospital fan club. But you're right. They do take that break in the afternoon and. Back in the day, that's about all it was on. Now they probably play video games. Yeah, you know, but I, I had I had pitched once, and of course it was uh, denied. But I had pitched a story on the art of the nap, <laughs> and specifically about NBA players. But I mean, but but Christian, I mean, in the NFL, the, there's guys nap all the time as well, right? Well, we actually had a guy come in who uh, in, in Alabama that. Um, was actually preaching the significance of a nap, but he gave us the the strict uh, rules of naps to to benefit you know the most because if you, if you sleep too long and then th- that's when they're they're kind of not detrimental but you know they're counterproductive. So it was he called it his segment was Steel Thirty, and uh, basically saying like thirty minutes was like the the ultimate length of a nap to feel you know refreshed. Um, but not wake up feeling groggy or, or tired. But yeah, no, his naps are actually. Uh, very important to a lot of athletes just to kind of you know rejuvenate yourself because again you're, you're working so many hours and doing so much um you know cardio and training that you don't always get the proper rest the naps are critical uh when you can steal and so yeah steal 30 i uh i've got Burns. one planned for about 215 <laughs> <laughs> only 30 minutes matt only 30 I know, minutes that's the problem sometimes instead of taking a nap i go back to sleep and that's not really what you need to do uh <laughs> Uh, I want to know the other rules of naps. We'll t- tackle that on the other side of the break. And also, uh, elevation in the NBA, does it hurt or help? I want to ask you guys that question, too, as we continue Friday edition of Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. 
securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here. Working hard for you. In an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine. Excellence in research and education. And excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, DC. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy through tonight. We'll maintain the chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high today 83. Tonight's low 65. Tomorrow and Sunday, partly sunny both days. Scattered mostly afternoon and evening storms. Highs between 87 and 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hey, back on Big Noon Sports. Talk some stallions football at the bottom of the hour with the tight end, Jace Sternberger. Uh, he's one of the leading receivers, not just with the stallions in the entire USFL. We'll do that at the bottom of the hour. Meanwhile, uh, because of the NBA and they play at night, we got another topic. Christian brought it up about the art of a nap. And were there any other of the benefits that you remember? Because I cheated and I looked up, I looked up a bunch of them. Uh, there's a couple there. I mean, really, it was just, uh, you know, regenerative, uh, regen- I can't even speak right now. You know, it's restorative, you know, it's good to kind of regenerate and just basically just refresh yourself. Um, but it's basically the way they described it was if you do it for the right amount of time, which is around 30 minutes, yeah. maybe a little more, um, then you don't hit that, that peak area of where you're getting into like an actual sleep, right? So you're not, you're, it's almost like a quick, short, restorative sleep without going into the full, you know, sleep stages where if you wake up at the wrong stage, then you typically end up waking up groggy and even more tired. That's where, where it gets counterproductive. It, uh, it says it will uh, increase your productivity, improve your memory. <laughs> Here's the one I love. It will give you an attitude adjustment. If you're a big cranky boy after lunch, you better take a nap. Um, but it also says you should take a mid-afternoon in a cool, quiet place. I think that's kind of a given. But this this particular uh, heart attack symptom, this, this is on the – fine, I should give them credit for the 
for uh, the article. I can't find who wrote it, but uh, final. Anyway, uh, it also says 30 minutes to 20 to 30 minutes. So I stumbled through that very well, didn't I? Um, but <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, do not, take naps? Do y'all take I am naps? not a napper. Uh, never have been. Just I can't sleep during the day. And, uh, and, you know, I can't sleep on planes. Uh, I have to have like basically perfect conditions <laughs> to, uh, to, to sleep. And so, um, I've never, never been able to take a nap, even, even on those times, like, you know, when I'd have to pull an all nighter, uh, riding, um, I would just power through the next day and go to bed early. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just something I can't do. Not Which even on planes, huh? No, I cannot sleep on planes. Oh man, what a drive! I, I was a, I was that way. Well, and that way, Lars. I really have a hard time taking naps, and I used to never be able to. It's pretty much whenever it's light outside, it's like my body can't fall asleep. Um, but I kind of taught myself with, I kind of combined mindfulness and like breath work, um, and, and used that, incorporated that with my naps to kind of get me in a relaxed state. Then would you know go into a quick nap. And I actually really um, enjoyed it. I don't do it as much now, um, but it was one of those things where, like, during training camp, right, if I could get off my feet and I knew we'd have, like, an hour and a half to eat lunch and some downtime, and I didn't necessarily have to do treatment in the training room, I would go kick my feet back and try to, to get an intentional nap in. Not just like, oh, I'm tired, I'm going to doze off. I would set a strict timer, and I would try to take that nap because – um, if you do it the right way, you you do wake up feeling refreshed, just kind of rejuvenated. And, and in my opinion, I, I thought it was a game changer. It's almost like a quick little hack. It's one of those things that I could add into my toolbox um, to just to be a better you know athlete in general. And if you look, guys like uh, LeBron and all these other top athletes, it might not necessarily be napping, but you'll see them. They, they're they're normally you know advocates for mindfulness and breath work and all those uh, type of things because. You'd be surprised how much that contributes into feeling your best. I mean, if you don't have proper rest, I mean, you're talking about extra fatigue. I mean, Alabama used to bring people in that studied this stuff. And, you know, if, if you're sleep deprived by even the smallest percentage, I mean, you're talking about a delay in your reaction time. Um, your processing speed is slower. And so I, I say all that to say playing at a place like Alabama and playing professional football, but everybody's looking for an edge. And so they bring in experts on things that you like you, you wouldn't even really think about, it's like nap and sleep experts that literally teach you the proponents of sleep and what it, basically the importance of it. Because, uh, again, everybody's looking for that edge. And, and ironically, napping was one of those. And it's something that you you kind of have grown to think, oh, I mean, you're, if you're taking a nap, you're lazy. Some of the top athletes in the world, they incorporate that in, in their regimen, their routine, and it's, it's critical to them. To, to feel their best and to play their best. So it's, it's funny that y'all mentioned that because it really is important for some of the best people in the world. Um, man, Nick Saban doesn't miss. There is no stone unturned at the capstone. Hey, quick, before we take a break, I wanted to ask you guys something I was thinking about when uh, we were talking about Phoenix um, in Denver. Um, Denver is the mile high city. Uh, Christian, did you ever play in Denver and have you ever just gone skiing or something like that and noticed how quickly you, you will lose your breath when you're a mile high? I have never, uh, been to Colorado, Matt. Um, I do have friends and teammates that have been or that are there. 
and uh, they they do speak on that about the altitude and how it affects you and how it's is no joke. Um, but I always thought it was interesting uh, how you know geographically, um, depending on where you're at, can really affect kind of. It can affect you athletically. I mean, I go back to when I was in high school. I, I was out in Oregon at the Nike uh, headquarters for a camp. And uh, I just remember it was so sunny and hot, but it wasn't humid at all. So, I mean, I felt like I could just run around and play in that heat for hours. Like, I felt completely fine because growing up in South Carolina and then being here, I'm used to humidity. I'm used to feeling muggy. And it's tough to be out in those conditions for a long time. But out yeah. Oregon on the West Coast, not really human like that so I was like dang it feels hot but for some reason I'm not feeling muggy and tired and, and you know what I mean like what I'm typically used to but when I've heard people talk about Colorado they do say it's definitely an adjustment period because that altitude definitely makes it a lot more difficult to really uh, respirate and just feel like you have your, your lungs underneath you that's why, uh, you know, one of the reasons that uh, the Olympic training centers in Colorado Springs is because we want the athletes to be uh, training at altitude just to give give them a, a, an edge um, or give or, or, or level the competitive playing field if they're going to if the Olympics are going to be held at a venue that is at altitude. I would think that give Denver a little bit uh, of an advantage when they go to a lower elevation and play. But we'll see. Lars has been picking them for a couple of weeks now. We will soon see. Let's talk some Stallions football on the other side of the break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. It's Tuscaloosa. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street, across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world renowned cigar and spirits that. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Hey, just know that coaches are going to watch this play first before they get to your touchdown. I was like, appreciate that one. Like, this will be fun Man. to watch. It kind of passed. What what happened again on the first play? Oh, well, it, I think we. Yeah, we ran the ball to the left. I st- I was so high in the in the sense of no technique, being lazy off the ball, and then like I said, their defense was so good that year and came ready to play and just. It was a good little humble pie to start the game off on my back. Never where you want to start. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to say, I think, they were, like he said, they were running away. And uh, he probably, you know, tight ends, I mean, typically, I mean, they're just sealing the backside if it's running away. I mean, he probably wouldn't explain much. But, you know, in our defense, we're trained, you know, to just 
strike and, and, and you know, no matter what, whoever's in front of you, we're, we're just, you know, as we play real physical. So, like he said, I, th- I think he just, he won, like he said, he kind of wasn't really paying close attention. He kind of was just coming off. And uh, I just, I caught him at like right under, you know, great leverage and it kind of knocked him back. And oh, was, great leverage. Yeah, and I, I just remember, I was like, oh, damn, me right. I was like, and like you said, I don't, I don't talk on the field. I'm real casual. I kind of just keep it cool, but it's just funny that when I, we were like, oh, yeah, bringing Jason. I was like, oh, man, I remember that because I remember, like you said, it was like one of the first plays of the game, but no, nah, he ended up having a great, great, great game. And I, I, mean, I remember, man, he was a baller at tight end, a, a big, reliable weapon. I think they had Kellen Mond, who was a really good player. And, uh, it's funny, yeah. full circle. We, we're talking about this on the radio now, but uh, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we kind of tell stories like that because it's fun looking back on that kind of stuff. Because we had some some good years, and it's always fun looking back and talking guys you battled against or battled with. And I think it just goes oh, to show you that's how football is, man. It's really a community. It's a brotherhood. Whether you play with the guy or play against the guy, uh, it just brings everybody together because we we all understand that that same grind and what it takes to do what we do. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad no to see you're doing good. So would, would you say your, your ultimate goal is, I know you're the USFL now, would you say your ultimate goal is to get back in the league or are you enjoying what you're doing there with the USFL? What, what are your, what, what's your game plan, would you say? I'm definitely enjoying where I'm at in the sense, you know, I'm, you know, I was away from football this whole past year, not being on a team. That was my first time ever. So just like anybody who's going through that for the first time, <clears throat> You know, you can either go into a really good place or a really dark place or, you know, you can really, it's a curve, it's a, you're a wild card at that point. And I just knew I wasn't ready Absolutely. to give, give up football yet. I just, I believed, I mean, it, I, I just kept telling myself like, man, you didn't play at KU like because you weren't good enough supposedly. Then you went JUCO. Then all of a sudden you went to the SEC, you know, the most dominant conference. And, you know, all it was was the right situation. And uh, I'm not saying that I didn't, I haven't made any, you know, poor decisions since I was in the NFL, but I just genuinely believe, you know, if I'm, it's all about me being on the being in the right fit, and so it's just like I'm not ready to give it up. I'm going to do the USFL, and you know, like I said, I am grateful for it here, but it, it definitely is a stepping stool, you know. And I, I mean, that was um, com- we we conversed that day one, you know, with with Zach Potter and Coach Holt, you know, like not necessarily using, but it's like you know, this is another opportunity to get more game tape, and it's like we'll see where you know we'll see where where, where everything falls after this, but. Um, Definitely, like I said, my yeah, that's my mission is for sure to get get back into the league and you know and prove that I do belong there and I you know this wasn't a one time thing. When you were at A and M and playing road games in the SEC, um, what was your favorite stadium? Um, okay, well, I mean, selfishly, I love South Carolina because I was I had a really good game and it was like the Carolina State Fair, or whatever. Um, I was I was oh, yeah. actually. <laughs> I was bummed out because we did play Alabama and Auburn, two venues like even just the the war the the war the the rivalry between Bama and Auburn. Like you always see how crazy both of those stadiums get. And then we unfortunately, I think I know I played Auburn at 11 a.m. So I think half the stadium was hung over, like no one even came. And then Alabama, it was a whole. I, I know you remember this. It was a horrible storm during pregame. And then when we went inside yeah. for before the game started, it came out, and then it was. I mean, I got so I got such a bad sunburn; <laughs> it was horrible. But uh, <laughs> so I, I would I would, probably, I would say South Carolina and Alabama, just because it was Alabama for sure. But be honest though, now was Alabama what you were expecting when you played us? Because I say this, and I don't I don't mean to take shots at our fans, but I feel like 
No, we just and, we're, we're not as it, hyped it, as what we could be. Now, wouldn't you would, would you honestly say that a lot? There's other places that you feel are a lot more of a rowdy, hostile oh, environment. It's a lot more. It's a lot more hostile. That, that's what I was gonna say. Like you said, once you said, "Don't be nice." It was, it was, it was Alabama because it was Alabama. Like I said, it was Coach Saban. That was my like I said. I've never been around that atmosphere before. But the biggest thing that caught me off guard about Alabama Stadium was how far the fans are away from the sideline. And maybe I'm not remembering things right, but I feel like it was a it's a pretty good distance. And I was like, I just thought it was it would be more tighter and just louder because like I mean, you played in College Station, like right when you turn around, like they're right there, right behind you, and like you have no breathing room. Yeah. But, um, and I also, I guess I'll give Mississippi State props. Their stadium, I like their atmosphere and their, their road games. I mean, I never want to play there again, but it was it was a good experience for Cal Bills. <laughs> well, there's there's nothing else to do in Starkville. So, <laughs> uh, hey, I'm enjoying this, and I had not had a chance to ask you about the Packers. Uh, can you hang through a break and stay with us for a minute, or you got practice or something? No, no, I can, I, I, I can hang through for a break. Good, because I got to talk about riding bicycles in Green Bay and other things. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. You're Sounds listening good. to Big Noon Sports. Our guest is Jace Sternberger. He'll be playing this Saturday afternoon. Oh, this is a huge match- matchup. Uh, back in the old days, the gamblers came to town and game on. And I mean, <laughs> on and off the field. I don't know if I was cheering you that with you. But I know it'll be a great game this Saturday afternoon. We'll be back with Jace and more. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers. Trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers. Who are resilient. And won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches. Athletic trainers and mentors. Who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. You're in town. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Weather brought 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy through tonight. We'll maintain the chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 65. Tomorrow and Sunday, partly sunny both days. Scattered mostly afternoon and evening storms. Highs between 87 and 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 82 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports and Mars, won by Jay Sternberger, who's now with the Stallions. But uh, when he was drafted uh, out of Texas A&M as an All-American tight end, 
He ended up going to the Green Bay Packers, which uh, I make no bones about it. I'm a Packers. I may be the biggest Packer fan in the state. I love Green Bay. What was it like going there from the tradition of riding the kids' bikes? And were they on your radar? Uh, Did you like the Packers growing up? Matt, let me uh, let me double check our connection here with uh, with Jace. I'll give him a call back. So uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, it seems like I might have lost him. Uh, well, you know, well I'll, I, I'll tell you, Matt. I, I uh, I've had a couple of teammates Hello? that had got, got to do that. Is, is he back, Jace? You back? Yep. Sorry, I had I had it on mute. I was placing my food order. Sorry about that. I was talking. Oh, oh no, okay. no, no, you're good, man. Lars does it all the time. <laughs> we all do it. But, Matt, you want to ask him again, or did you hear him, Jace? Yeah, yeah, I heard the question. Uh, to answer it, they were definitely uh, on a. I think as a kid, I had a Brett Favre jersey, but I wouldn't say I was a Packers fan. I actually was a diehard Eagles fan, just because everybody back home was Dallas Cowboys fans, and I yeah. got so tired of hearing about them. So I just became an Eagles fan. But uh, like I said, I did become an Aaron Rodgers fan, at, like as soon as he got into the NFL. Does he deserve all the flack that he gets uh, in the media, would you say, Jace? Uh, I'm biased because I, I actually, like, his sense of humor and my sense of humor, it, it, like, he always thought I was funny. So if you think I'm funny, I automatically like you. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 I give him more benefit of the doubt. And I'm always, I'm more compassionate with some of the stuff he says. But, uh yeah, I definitely think if people just would have a conversation with them, they would not think half the stuff they think. But I think he kind of enjoys people in per- like having these uh, implications of him. You know, um, I've watched you play several times now, and I think you've got NFL back in you. I really do. Not that I'm the end-all, be-all when it comes to scouting talent. So I hope <laughs> you get back to the Packers. But you have something to not hope. I mean, a lot of people can say this, but your touchdown pass in the NFL came from Aaron freaking Rodgers. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah that, no, it, that, that was a cool moment. Uh, like I said, I got I got that first one from him in the NFC Championship game, which that will like always be remembered from, just for me personally, just because uh, I was on IR for half the season, and then I got to come in, and it just worked out that way. But, yeah, no, it was uh, – yeah, I, I, I even kind of have to remind myself sometimes, like, dang, you did get experience and go through all that. And, like, not a lot of people can say that just because it is Aaron Rodgers and stuff. But, so, like I said, it was a cool experience for sure. Well, I'll tell you this, man, because, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much transitioned on over to the media side. And no matter if you play one snap or 100 snaps, man, I always be proud of what you accomplished because um, you, you're part of that 1% and, and nobody can ever take that away from you. So whether – yeah, you head back there or not, which I, I think you, you definitely can. I mean, you're definitely a baller, man. I uh, just want you to stick stick with that. I'll always be, you know, proud of, of you know, what you've accomplished, no matter uh, of how it turns out. But um, you mentioned that no the NFC Championship, um, and that, that's one thing. I didn't get to play in the playoffs. I was with Carolina. We uh, obviously struggled quite a bit. <laughs> we, were the, we talked about this yesterday in terms of the, the does the level of competition, does it really, you know, turn up? When you know, talking about playoffs, whether it's basketball, football, or baseball, um, from your experience playing in the NFC Championship game, and I know you said you're on IR for part of the year, but would you say the the competition definitely uh, increased once y'all played in that NFC Championship game compared to the regular season? 
Uh, yeah, it, it, and when I when I think of competition, I, I think more. I feel like a lot of people initially are thinking like talent wise, like oh, is everybody playing faster? Are they playing harder? And it's like the competition in, in that sense to me is the the detail competition. Like it's like you really know who's studying, right. and you really know who's watching tape, and like because like the best way I like how when I just think of like that game and how like how in sync I was with my details, and like what I needed to do if I was. I was gonna take a uh, like I'm, I literally remember the first play perfect like we ran a we ran a stretch and they had me at fullback and I remember I was gonna take two sides uh, shuffles to the right then I was gonna cut Eric Armstrong's out, uh, Armstrong's outside leg and I mean like the fact that that's literally how it happened like that's the biggest difference I noticed when it was playoffs is just like nobody's worrying about talking mess no one's raw raw everybody's just so locked in on their assignment and it's like. I mean, you can just feel the intensity when you're out there on the field. Like it's so, it was so loud, but yet at the same time, it was so quiet. Like I felt like I could have heard a pin drop when I was out on the field. Hey, this has been fantastic. We may have to do it again after y'all beat the gang, the gamblers. But I do want to ask you this: What do you do for kicks on a Saturday night in Kingfisher, Oklahoma, population four thousand nine hundred? Go to the grocery store, get some get some good get some good groceries, and cook out and have some friends over. Just watch watch whatever's on TV. Keep it low key. Uh, that's I respect what that. I do now. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, so I, I tend to do that everywhere I go, but especially back home in Kingfisher. Oh, uh, quickly! Have you found a favorite restaurant? Go ahead and give them a plug. Uh, I haven't found a favorite. I mean, I've, I I just told someone the other day, like, I'm at this barbecue spot called Miss Myra's. It's my fourth time being here in two weeks. So this is making a running for it, I think, right now. That's some legendary cue right there. Thanks for your time. Um, I will see you. Probably won't get a chance to talk to you, but I'll I'll be watching from the stadium on Saturday night. Have a great game. Appreciate, Appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Back with the second hour of Big Noon Sports. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good, until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. probably seen their clothing around town on game days but check out christopher mobley on the strip it's luxury game day apparel redefined it's the only place in town where you can find todd hoops apparel clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur golf enthusiast and athleisure fanatic they've got peter millar viore grayson and mizzenamain and if you haven't tried the mizzenamain dress shirts you've got to you can find them at 1410 university boulevard on the strip also they've got a great e-commerce site at christophermobley.shop so check out christopher mobley luxury game day apparel redefined Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. 
Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part? It's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Yo, it's presented by Haley's and Union Owl Mortgage Callers. She'll help you. Stop getting that dream house you've always wanted. Um, you heard the cast of characters here is Christian Lars, Matt, Joe Gaither is at the helm once again. Just checking the leaderboard for what's going on out of Greystone on the first major of the Champions Tour, the Regents tradition. Paul Broadhurst is your leader at minus eight through 14. Jerry Kelly is at minus seven. Ernie Els is at minus seven, two. And Tuscaloosa's own Dickie Pride is minus 5 through 14. Uh, all well wishes to Dickie Pride. Uh, great man, great golfer. So uh, we've discussed the NBA. Of course, Boston has evened it up by defeating the Sixers 95-86 last night in Philly. So they'll go back to the Garden. Denver ended their series with Phoenix 125-100. Uh, they will advance to the finals of their conference. Uh, uh, as they win their fourth game. They win the Series 4-2. New York is at Miami tonight. The Heat lead that Series 3-2. Golden State is at the Lakers. Man, I think this is going to be a really good basketball game. Christian, I know you'll be dialed in, but uh, this series has turned in. I'll tell you what it's done. It's uh, gotten a lot of people back here in the East staying up later at night because it's all on West Coast time, but it's a really good series. Yeah, it is, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, man. I'm just a LeBron fan. I've always been one back when he was with the Cavs. Then when he went over to Miami, uh, that's why I was saying I don't, I don't have a team. I just have a favorite player, and I just stick with him. But, uh, again, my concern is just are they going to run out of gas? And, you know, going against a team like the Warriors, you just know that those guys can heat up at any moment. 
Um, they're, they're just that explosive. So I, I just, I don't know. But I also got to look at the Nuggets, man. I, they just, I think they're the real deal. And I think even if the Lakers do get past the Warriors, I just don't know if they can ultimately defeat uh, the Nuggets. But I don't know. That's a good. That's the one thing about NBA playoff basketball. You just never know. And uh, the intensity level is high. It's back and forth. Um, but I'll tell you what, though. If they blow this 3-1 lead, Matt, uh, there's going to be a lot of upset Lakers fans. Yeah, and um, right now the Lakers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. But there's so many injury questions, guys. Um Andrew Wiggins popped up on the injury report as questionable with a fractured rib. That's uh, it, it's tough to play. It's tough to play basketball with a fractured rib. It's tough to breathe. <laughs> I know you you experienced yeah, that recently. Matt dealt with that. <laughs> um, and uh, you know the status of Anthony Davis. I think he'll probably play, but uh, you know after he took that inadvertent elbow to the head. Uh, from uh, uh, Kevin Looney, Warriors big man. Uh, Davis is listed as probable. But, uh, you know, just the image of him getting in a wheelchair with a towel over his face, getting wheeled off the court, it's almost like it's tough to imagine him playing. But um, this is going to be just a a good game. Um, And, you know, uh, I, I... I just think this is going to be uh, – this is going to go seven. Um, and uh, I just, again, uh, I think there's role players are going to be a, a big factor tonight. Um, maybe somebody like Gary Payton the second, Like he's kind of come out of nowhere and, and had these spurts where he's just a scoring machine. Um, and uh, in, in – Maybe somebody like Looney, you know, uh, Jermichael Green. I don't know. Uh, you know, and also I think uh, if Wiggins is out, I do think Clay Thompson really will play a prominent role. And I would say also uh, Gary Payton the second. But uh, I like uh, I like Golden State tonight. But I think a lot of it really hinges on whether or not Anthony Davis will play. That, and I'm telling you, the supporting cast of the Lakers, like D'Angelo Russell, and I don't, I don't even like saying it. Honestly, he's part of their big three. I mean, he's a little more prominent than other guys, but D'Angelo Russell, man, he's cold. And if, if he's on point, uh, that definitely gives them a lot of momentum. But also, I'm, I'm telling you, Austin Reeves, man, that, that guy, is, is he's he's nasty. He's, he's one of those under-the-radar guys, man. I, I just... I don't know. They're they're, they're back at uh, was it crypto it's crypto center? I think that's what it's called now. If they if, so if they lose, they go to game seven. And they go back to Golden State. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. They, 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 they yeah. They need that's to get that win tonight. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if they don't get that win tonight. I think yeah, they might as well go ahead. And I agree. Back. Yeah, I think uh, whoever wins tonight is going to win the series. But um, you look at game five, uh, LeBron James played 39 minutes, you know, and he only scored 25 points. It might sound like a lot, but that's not a really good average for LeBron when he logs that many minutes. Um, and if you just watch LeBron closely, he's he's clearly settling for more threes. 
and not and and he's not hitting a very high percentage of his threes. I was about to say he needs to stay cut back. Yeah, on the and he's just he not, not been hoop on point off. three. He's yeah. not he's not driving to the hoop as often. Uh, he as evidenced by the fact that he's only averaging four point two free throw attempts a game. So I think key for Lakers is you need to have aggressive LeBron. I mean, you got to have LeBron LeBron charging like a bull, right, the, to the hole. And um, we'll see. I just I think it, that 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 stat right there, just his lack of free throw attempts. I think that goes back to fatigue and age and, and the, 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 the minutes he's played all season, he just doesn't have it in his legs, or at least he hasn't showed it yet this series, to be that the, the, the dominant player that we've known him to be. I mean, we, we, it's possible that we're, we're watching LeBron get old, right, or older before our eyes. Uh, have you well, seen his regiment? Oh, his workout? Yeah, well, just his overall regiment on, like, what he does uh, on a daily basis, you know, on a yearly basis, like, what he does in, in terms of uh, preparing himself just to, to play. Like, I mean, it, it's insane. I mean, we're talking about a, a guy that spends over a million dollars on his body, guy that arrived to the arena five hours before the actual game, gets in uh, a whole, like, total body, you know, workouts, and obviously it's not, like, strength training, but, I mean, he does, like, a whole hour and some change long workout, goes and gets shots. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I, I'm, it, it's the only other person I've seen, at least football wise, that does uh, anything remotely close would be a guy like Christian McCaffrey with his regiment. Um, but it, it's it's impressive. And I'll be honest, that for him to to play at the level that he's played at for this uh, extended period of time, I, I think he'd be the first one to tell you a lot of that has to do with what he does um, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Just to take care of his body, whether, like I mentioned, the, the mindfulness, uh, his his diet, the excessive, uh, I mean, every little detail that he covers just to be who he is. Uh, but I agree. I think we might see kind of him hitting that point where, again, that's why he wanted to move off the ball because I don't think he, he I think he knows he couldn't keep up uh, at that level for much longer, um, let alone, you, you know, just his goal is to, to play with his son. So, Whatever he can do to kind of sustain a little bit more, I think that's what he's trying to do. And if he's driving to the basket uh, night in and night out and playing so aggressive, I just I don't think he would last as long. So I think it's strategic on you know his his style of play kind of changing. But unfortunately, that they need that from him if they really want to win. Just because I'm not trying to make fun of Anthony Davis because injuries aren't funny, but it's just like I mean, it, if he looks the wrong way, it seems like he gets hurt. And it, it, you can't rely on that. And it's just, man, they, they, they need all the help they can get right now. Well, and if it comes down to the fourth quarter now, who's your money on as far as your go-to guy? Is it on Curry or is it on James? Um, because I have a feeling tonight it may come down to that. And that's when LeBron's going to have to do what you guys just pointed out. He hasn't done as much lately. he got to take the lane. He's got to get fouled. Um, he's got to score the ball the LeBron, the old LeBron James way. Um, then you got Curry, who's just, he's freaking amazing, y'all. I mean, I'm not telling you, I'm not breaking any stories here, but where he shoots from, how he shoots, and how it just never touches the rim, it's just amazing how much practice 
he must have put in. Yeah, I I, I also think you could make the argument that Steph Curry has had a substantially greater impact on the game of basketball than LeBron James. And just because... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You take it. Here we Hear go. me out. Hear me out. I can't do the LeBron slander because he, today. he, Steph Curry has single-handedly changed how kids are playing. Kids now are launching threes from, you know, places they never would have dreamed of or we never would have dreamed of growing up, and that is creating more spacing on the floor. It's a, it's become a more of a perimeter-driven uh, game at even the at like uh, the, the the lower levels, j- junior high, high school, college. Um, it, I just it the, the 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 fundamental way that again the game is now played has been uh, has been altered. Because of the impact of Steph Curry, everybody wants to be the next Steph Curry, and so it's it's becoming more of a shooter's game than it's ever been. Now, I don't think you could say the same thing about how LeBron's style has sort of impacted the evolution of basketball, the way that Steph Curry's style has impacted the evolution of basketball. Does that make well, sense? But is that is that a yeah, I, I get your argument, but is that a positive or a negative thing? Because there's, well, there's, yeah. there's only one. Steph you know, Curry, I, don't I guarantee know. you, all those kids out there are not shooting like Steph Curry. So should they be jacking up all those deep, uh, deep range three pointers? Because I'll tell you, they can't shoot like Steph Curry. They probably shouldn't. But you're right. You're talking about in terms of impacting uh, kind of style of play. I, I'll give Steph Curry that credit. But again, I don't know if that's a positive or negative thing. Because I would be pissed if I'm playing with somebody who's jacking up shots from all over, knowing that they can't shoot or nor have range like Steph. But I'll say the thing about LeBron is, yeah, Steph might have an impact on kids wanting to shoot from all over, but LeBron is a one-of-a-kind player. We were talking about the guy with his size and stature being able to move the way he moves. He can score in all types of ways. He bullies people. You watch him with his defensive efforts, chasing guys down. He's arguably one of the best passers to ever play. Um, I think the reason, you know, it's not as impactful on changing the, the way people play is because people can't do what he does. I mean, he there's literally pretty much the only thing he can't do is shoot free throws consistently. That's really the only thing he struggles with. But that's a, that's a valid point, Lars. I, I'll give you no. that. Kids do want to be Steph Curry now. Growing up, everybody wanted to be like Kobe. Then there's LeBron or, you know, or, and you're right. Nowadays, kids, every kid wants to be Steph Curry. But the problem is. Can they shoot like Steph Curry? Yeah, now, and, I, and I agree with you. Like, it, this is not necessarily a good thing, right? It, it's, <laughs> but it, it, it's something that I know that, that youth coaches and, and high school coaches are, are dealing with because well, it's, Let me give you a football example real quick. Let me give you a football example real quick. Yeah. It's like Pat Mahomes. Kids want to be Pat Mahomes and do these wrist flicks and these no looks. But how is that affecting the development of quarterbacks growing up? They're not probably playing with the proper footing because they're trying to do these cool no-look flick passes that they see Mahomes do. 
But to me, that's a negative impact because these kids aren't understanding the the standard uh, drops that you're supposed to learn, the, the proper footwork for a quarterback, getting your feet set and really planting and driving through when you throw the football. It's the same kind of uh, impact right there. You look at, at that because Pat Mahomes, they see what he's doing. They, everybody wants to be Pat Mahomes and he's crazy. Even though Aaron Rodgers has done it a little bit too, but I would say, you know, again, Nobody, if you everybody played like Pat Mahomes, there'd be a million of them, and there's not. <laughs> well, it's because they don't have his, his skill set. Um, right. Hey, that was just a, a, a very interesting conversation you two guys just had. Good info. Meanwhile, I'll follow up with this. It reminded me of maybe the greatest nickname in the history of the NBA. I'll share that. And Hey, as long as we're talking about AD and the injury, the towel, and the uh, wheelchair, I think we got to talk about Barkley and Shaq. Were they out of line? That conversation is coming up next on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy through tonight. We'll maintain the chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 65. Tomorrow and Sunday, partly sunny both days. Scattered mostly afternoon and evening storms. Highs between 87 and 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. What's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Gaither at our flagship station 
tied 100.9 there in Tuscaloosa. Um, Lars was talking about Gary Payton, uh, the second. The, I guess he goes by second now, but uh, it reminded me of his father, um, who was one of the better defensive players I've ever seen in any form of shape, form, fashion in basketball. He had the best nickname. Christian, this is this is before your time. I don't expect you to re- – you're not included on this part of the test, okay, unless you want to be. Lars, what was Gary Payton's nickname? Oh, yeah, this one's a, a beauty. It's uh, the glove. And um, uh, so why was he called the glove? Um, and I, I know this because I've written about it before. Uh, it, it was during the uh, 1993 NBA postseason – uh, Peyton was playing like really tight defense against uh, Kevin Johnson, um, and uh, and you remember Kevin Johnson that great he was a really good point guard yeah. Yeah. for Phoenix, and and he and Peyton you know played for the C- uh, uh, Sonics, uh, just had tremendous one on one battles, but um, so Gary Peyton's uh, cousin, one of his cousins, he just started. Um, uh, calling him uh, the glove because of uh, Gary Payton's uh, ability to keep Johnson from moving, quote, like a baseball in a glove, unquote. So yeah, you would think he'd be called the glove because he was he was known as a guy who really could steal the ball. But it really it, it goes that it goes back to it's like it's like a like a, a glove, just a baseball glove. Um, uh, wrapping, you know, uh, sque- squeezing a, a baseball. It's a great nickname, and he certainly lived up to it. In fact, that nickname fit Gary Payton like a glove. Okay. Uh, <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Have y'all seen nap in an hour? Okay. There you go. Have you seen his son? Have you seen his son jump though? His athleticism. I mean, that dude can not, jump no, out the really. gym. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I never watched his dad. I mean, I've heard of him, but um, if his dad is anything like him, I mean, there's some crazy athletes. I mean, that that dude gets up when he uh, goes to the rim. What I remember about Peyton was his ability to move laterally at the same pace the guy with a basketball did. He just it was amazing defense. The only guy I've ever seen that could even come close to that one played at Alabama, and that's Theodore Roosevelt Dunn. And he's before Lars's time. T.R. Dunn, what a great player. Okay. I, I, I remember Peyton at uh, Oregon State. I mean, he, he really put uh, that program on the map, and um, he was he was fun to watch. And, and he, um, gosh, he, he was such a good defender. Um, and, uh, and smooth shooter clutch. That was a, that was a fun Sonics team. You remember they had Detlef shrimp, uh, 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 gosh, who else was on that team? Um, Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp, the father of our country. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll never forget. Uh, we did a story on Sean Kemp once and, uh, we called him a, Modern day Johnny Appleseed spreading its <laughs> seed across the country. <laughs> um, hey, uh, guys, I'm sure by now you've read, seen, listened to Shaq and Barkley. 
they just started cracking up right as they were wheeling Anthony Davis off the floor. He had the towel. He was on a, in a wheelchair. He had the towel on his head. Um, first of all, the difference in the world, it looks like they're laughing at him, <clears throat> but I don't know that they are. Um, Ernie Johnson was visibly uh, upset by it. Kenny Smith at first was, but then they all started laughing. Uh, were these guys laughing? I'm going to start with you, Christian. Were they laughing at A.D.? Or with these two six-year-olds in the back of first-grade class just having a giggle fest? Uh, probably the latter, um, but also some of the former. I'll be honest with you, I didn't see it. But knowing those two, that you, you described them perfectly. I don't think there's a better comparison than what you just gave. The, the two kids in the back of the class that won't stop laughing. And it's always the worst, right? I don't know if you remember this, but... As kids, it's always when you're not supposed to laugh that someone's exactly. making you laugh. You can't stop laughing. Oh, man, I used to, yeah, I, <laughs> I used to have that problem. Somebody making me laugh. I know I'm not supposed to, but no, I, I'll be honest. I, I think those guys are two of the funniest guys on, on TV and Barkley and Shaq. And I love watching their stuff. And I, again, you should never make fun of anybody being injured. But I think from them, though, I, I think, and even though they shouldn't be doing it, those are two guys that have played the game. They played during a time where it was a very physical game, and they probably saw that shot that he took to the elbow. And yeah, it might have hurt, but they probably saw that on a on a nightly basis when they played, and there was not even a foul called. That's exactly uh, what Shaq said, Christian. I just read it. That's exactly what he said. Well, that's funny because I'll be honest, I didn't. I I had no clue of the clip or, or read it. I, I really just was kind of speculating, but that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so if I had to guess, that's where that was their perspective. And just to think, I mean, and again, I mean, I'm not taking a shot out of myself, but you know, getting hit in the head like with an elbow like that, and you're wheeled off in a wheelchair. I feel like it kind of could be a little excessive again, especially to two guys that played during a very physical era who were, you know, probably very physical themselves, right? I mean, I, mine has been a little excessive, right? I mean, it, and I don't know if you guys remember. Paul Pierce being carted into the locker room and years later, come to find out, he just had to go number two. Uh, you guys, were you guys aware of that? I think it might have been in the championship game or something like that, some playoff game or something. Paul Pierce with the Celtics was carted off, and years later he said that he just had to use the restroom pretty much. No, so, Christian, it was the fastest no, MCL sprain recovery in the history of man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Joe, you know what I'm talking about, right? hundred percent. He said he sprained his MCL for like six years, and he was like back in ten minutes. <laughs> exactly. So if you guys go go look up Paul Pierce wheelchair, and you'll see that. And again, unless he's making fun of it, and he was being sarcastic, but he's come out and said, "Yeah, he just really had to use the bathroom." But anyway, so maybe they were thinking about that situation and how it kind of looked. I mean, again, I think it's just they just saw a guy get hit in the head with the elbow, and it just. The what followed just seemed a little excessive, but again, that, that's my opinion. But again, I don't. I guess Shaq and, and and Charles Barkley were talking about. I mean, these guys could find humor out of a pen dropping, right? I mean, they, they that that's that's their character. They're funny guys, but I, I, I that's also, my take. I also think they were like laughing at each other. Like, yeah. you guys ever been in a situation where y- you start to laugh? At, at something that's inappropriate and you're trying to like contain your laughter, but you just can't. Yeah. Like in church. And, and then your buddy starts yeah. like, 
your buddy starts laughing too and it's just like it gets out of control it's like you have to leave the room right and i I think there was a little bit of that going on i think it was a lot of that to be honest with you uh especially when shaq uh they asked what do you i think ernie asked him what are you laughing at and shaq pointed at charles and said i'm laughing at chuck (laughs) so i wonder if charles gave him some kind of hand motion I mean, it's it's live TV. I don't know how you could do anything secretively, but whatever he said or I think, did, Ch- and, but Charles said then too. Like he was, he was asked, "What are you laughing at?" And he's like, "I'm laughing at Shaq." Yeah, exactly. It's the two kids <laughs> in the back of the first grade classroom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It happens. It happens. <laughs> oh, I, it's it's happened to me probably too many times because I don't have a lot of self-control when it comes to laughing because I like to laugh. Don't we all? Don't we all? Anyway, Absolutely. they are as entertaining as it gets, man. I'll be watching them again tonight. Hey, uh, let's see. A uh, couple of notes. The NFL had their uh, schedules uh, announced last night and then is Tom Brady going to go from sideline to owner's box? That's all coming up on Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, back on Big Night Sports. The gang is all here on this Friday afternoon. I uh, hope you're going to have a great weekend. Uh, it's supposed to be beautiful outdoors. So get out, watch some golf, watch the stallions. Uh, just have a good weekend. Um, first up out of the shoot, Lars, you're the Tom Brady of the group or the Tom Brady lover. Wait, that's not bad. Help me out here. What do you think about him owning part of the Raiders? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not uh, Tom Brady's lackey. Let's just uh, <laughs> make that clear. Okay. Um, yeah, so he wants to get involved in ownership, it looks like. And uh, um, why not? I mean, when you have as much money as he does uh, and 
you want to keep your hand in the game, then, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I really don't have a ton to say about it uh, other than the fact uh, it's his life. He can do whatever he wants. I do wonder if uh, having ownership stake in a team would preclude him from becoming a broadcaster because, uh, because uh, he would have uh, some inherent bias. Uh, but, you know, um, I don't I don't really know how strictly the, the traditional media ethic rules apply to a a play by play color commentator um, because all these guys, uh, you know, they had played in the NFL on teams and they're always going to have a, a certain place in their heart for the teams that they played for. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's not surprising. I mean, Tom Brady is a businessman. Right. I mean, and he's all about growing the Tom Brady brand, all about TB12. Um, and, and, I, and I am kind of shocked that um, that he was offered such a huge deal to become a play by play broadcaster because I can't recall an NFL quarterback who says more without saying anything than Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, and I was around the guy a lot for a, a long time, right? For uh, 18 months or so. And uh, in, in when he would hold press conferences, it, it was just uh, some of them were just excruciating to uh, witness because the reporters are trying to get just any one nugget of something interesting. Come on, Tom, give us something. And man, he just uh, would waffle and wishy-washy. And 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 you can't do that if you're going to be a successful uh, color analyst in the NFL, right? I mean, like that's why I think Jason Witten never worked out because he wouldn't be critical of any of the players. And, uh, and, and and Romo has no problem with that. And I that, think that uh, one reason why I like Romo, I wish that they wouldn't rein Romo in so much. I mean, he specifically told, don't predict the plays. And, uh, and so it sort of made Romo, in my estimation, a little less interesting to, to watch. But anyway, that's, the, that's all I got on Tom Brady. You didn't like when he was predicting the plays? No, I loved no, it. The public didn't. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, I, loved, I loved it. And uh, I think the public loved it, but his bosses didn't love it. And uh, and so he was told not to do it anymore. I think that maybe the yeah. NFL told his bosses to tell him. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know the backstory to that. Uh, maybe gambling was involved in some in, in some capacity oh, but but uh i'm, I'm, I'm so not, tired of gambling at this point <laughs> man me too joe did not joe turn your mic on please joe there's Gagan. no way joe you, you didn't like you romo, don't like romo? no, no he just, uh, romo has the same thing that chris collinsworth has where he's trying to prove to you the listener how smart he is Tony, we already saw you play in the league. We know you're an expert. You don't need to tell us 
every time oh, this looks like a this looks like a counter left. This looks like a counter tray coming. Like I, I just watch the game. I loved I, it. I, I, I and too. I can see that maybe if if you are just trying to watch it and form your own opinions as a fan. But I I personally thought it was awesome because. Number he was one, right. You got a guy. Yeah, no, he's right most of the time. Number one, but number two, you look at it and, you, and you're 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 hearing him basically break down the whys of the yeah, game. the why. So, you know, I think exactly. I think that's what's important because no offense to your average football fan, but they don't they don't they really don't understand football. And I, I'm saying that from a uh, a player, you know, a guy that's that's played. I'm not. They might know a lot for fans, but in terms of really knowing the game, unless you played the game at a high level or you've been around it in that capacity, you, there's so much that goes into it. Like, there's a lot Tony Romo would teach me because he's a quarterback. Like, there's levels to it. There's more that he knows way more than I know. I'll be the first one to tell you that. So I think it's just really cool because it gives the viewers a chance to understand the whys. And, like, so he's not just blurting out, like, oh, I think they're going to do this. He's explaining, hey, that tight end is off the ball, giving him the opportunity to, to go back and set up counter for them, to which, you know, they ran that on first and long. So now with second and short, this is what they likely are going to do. And here's why strategically. And, and I, I think it's cool because, again, I even learned stuff listening to those casts. Um, and then it almost makes me feel like I'm back in a meeting room. I feel very at home listening to guys like that because that's how we talk in the meeting rooms. Like when we're breaking down film, like that's how we break down film. We're 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 understanding every little detail. It's not just oh they ran counter left and you know we were in a base front. You know, the gas was for six yards because so and so got out of the gap. Uh uh-uh, uh no. We're breaking down. Well, you didn't have the right leverage because you struck him and your inside hand was supposed to be on his right shoulder. You were you had two hands inside. You didn't get off the block. Like we go into every little detail. So I like. Hearing that, but I, that makes sense, Joe. I mean, fair I, enough. But what about I, Greg Olson? Do y'all like him? Yes. Hold on, guys. One, one, just real quick example of Tony Romo. Why, why I just absolutely loved him. I still remember this: is Bengals playing the Chiefs like two years ago. It was a third and one, and you know the expectation is you run the ball there. And Romo, like in real times, he's like, "Oh, safety's dropping down." Uh, he, he got Jamar Chase one on one deep. He got a touchdown if he wants it. If he sees it, if Burrow sees it, and and sure enough, he's like, "Yep, Burrow's audibleizing. This is going to be a touchdown." And boom, it was like a forty yard touchdown pass. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like stuff like that. Wow, he's giving uh, that to you though. He's giving that it's to all going to come down to Joe Burrow. Of course, uh, every 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 show we he has to have one mention. <laughs> Joe. Joe Gaither's just mad because Romo wants yeah, to criticize Mitch Trubisky. No, no. It's like this. Okay, <laughs> so your point, to your exact example, if Joe Burrow sees this, he's got a touchdown. Like, do we – Joe Burrow sees it. Joe Burrow knows what he's doing. He's out there. He knows what he's doing. You he, he don't need to – uh, Christian, I appreciate the, the – the, uh, the craving of that detail, but I think it just bogs down the viewer experience. So what? No, no, I, I, no, I'm so. Who, who is a commentator that you? And I'm not, I'm not being defensive. I'm, I'm genuinely curious because I, I know, I, like, I like that kind of style. What would you say if you're not a fan of that style, Joe? What would you say you would rather hear? Would it be more of just a simple, hey, you know, it's third and ten here. Joe Burrow drops back the pass. Oh, incomplete. 
Or like, or, or what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> what, well, what would you say you like? To hear? No, I'm, I'm generally happy. I'm yeah, my my, my favorite team on television right now is the college football team of uh, Sean McDonough, Todd Blackledge, and they get a third from time to time on the sidelines. But I think that when McDonough and Blackledge get together, McDonough calls the game straight down the middle, and Blackledge gives you and like he he gives you what Romo is giving you, but in small doses. It's not it, it, Romo is just always on. Always on. Here's every little detail in the world. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I'm just flipping to another game because I just want to watch football. I don't. I, I just want to watch guys hit each other. Uh, but I, I mean, I appreciate that from time to time. But for three hours, it, it bogs down the viewer experience to me. Do you think Greg Olson is as bad? It is it not as bad? But yeah, I, I think so. I, I agree. With you I think that. Greg I, I think is fantastic. Yeah, I feel like Greg Olson is very similar to Romo though, because he goes into great detail. He might not be predicting as much, but I'm surprised you don't find him uh, explaining too much, Joe. Isn't what? Didn't he just do the Super Bowl this past year? He did. Yeah, yeah. The, the Super yeah. Bowl broadcast this past year, Kevin Burkhart was it was really good. I bet he. I bet Olson's happy as heck uh, to hear this news because I don't think he can own a team and do color analyst work, but that means Olsen goes back to being top dog Big Cheese number one, and I liked him. Yeah, I thought yeah. Greg did great, and I, and I wasn't shocked in the slightest because um, I was with Greg in Carolina, and again, I mean, obviously, he's a he's much older than me, and he was a, a vet, and you know, he carried himself that way, but just being around him, man, like he, he's just one of the smartest people I've met, Like, and he, it makes sense. Him and Luke are like best friends, but um, he's just so knowledgeable and, and the way he carries himself and the way he can, uh, you know, view things and, and articulate them and explain them. Um, hearing him on those casts is, is awesome because that's exactly who he is off the field and uh, very smart, very knowledgeable. And I wasn't shocked at how, how, how well he was doing and how well he is doing because um, he's definitely crushing it. And I, I love hearing guys like that on the cast, whether it's Romo or Olsen, um, just because, again, I mean, I myself feel like I'm – being refreshed or I'm learning a lot too about these offenses. And uh, I just think it's awesome. Like you said, Matt, it, it almost is an enhancement for the fans. Cause my biggest thing is I love when I meet somebody that, that knows the game because um, it makes it that much easier to talk about it versus I've met some people and they're just like, Oh, I hate so-and-so. And I'm like, why? And they can't even explain it. Or they're like, Oh, this guy's terrible. And I'm like, well, tell me why they can't explain it. So I think, Having guys like those guys in those roles, it helps people um, learn more about the game of football. Hey, when we get back, another look back uh, at the NBA, and I just read this story. Um, According to the one NBA analyst, you should not kiss your wife after a ball game. We'll get into that. (laughs) We'll get into that after this break. We wrap up the Friday edition of Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. 
Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy through tonight. We'll maintain the chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 65. Tomorrow and Sunday, partly sunny both days. Scattered mostly afternoon and evening storms. Highs between 87 and 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big News Sports. They said and spoke in the van that we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. We got to cap the show off with a couple of things. First of all, Joe just sent us breaking news that TJ Finley has, we knew he was in the portal, but he's going to Texas State. I remember distinctly when we were talking about TJ, both of you guys said this, but maybe Christian more emphatically go somewhere, go where you can throw. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's typically what you want to do, and I think he's making the right decision going to a program like that where he can play right away, play right away, get exposure, um, get on the field. Because I think that's what matters right now, especially when you're a guy like him who was a graduate. Um, you really just want to play some football, and uh, I wish him the best of luck there, and uh, hopefully he has uh, some success. Yeah, um, we all knew that he was going to have to take a step down in competition uh, if he wanted to be a starter. And uh, I think this will be a uh, a good spot for TJ. And, um, you know, hopefully he has potential. And hopefully that potential can be put into production on the field. Um, it'll be interesting to see just how it shakes out and, and uh, whether or not the NFL, uh, you know, w- it will be willing to give him a look uh, after the season. Um, not so sure about that, uh, given how he's played so far. But he's he certainly has the look of an NFL quarterback, Matt. He's almost too tall sometimes <laughs> if, if there's a way that that could possibly, you know, be a negative. Um uh, but I will tell you this, I wish that young man nothing but success. 
He's had his struggles, but my um, grandsons were down there, and they were privileged enough to be along the sideline. And they said he was just – my daughter and, and son-in-law said that he went out of his way to go over there and talk to them, throw them a football, and hang around with them. And so he'll always have a special place in my heart. Now, quickly, we'll wrap up this before we go to the weekend. Did you guys see that Kenyon Martin thinks it's a bad idea for Julius Randle – He's playing for the Knicks to kiss his wife first thing after a basketball game. I don't know if y'all have seen this story, but I don't think Kenyon Martin knew that he's been doing this all year, not just in the playoffs. But Martin thinks he needs to go immediately and celebrate a tough win over Miami and not go to his wife first. Uh, Do you guys have any thoughts on that without getting us all in trouble? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm what, what surprises me is that Kenyon Martin uh, really feels the need to comment on this. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is like a a, 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 a non-story, non-story, non-story story. Uh, I, I I don't get it. Uh, I don't either. What a weird thing to say. Uh, <laughs> he's a 15 year vet out of Cincinnati. Yeah, he was the number one overall pick. Uh, you know, he, he was a force with the New Jersey Nets. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I don't under, I, I don't, I don't know. There may, there must be something else going on that we're not privy to. Do you remember when Martin yeah. wrecked his ankle um, in the Conference USA tournament in Memphis? I was standing about fifteen feet from him, and it was just. One of those horrific injuries that you never want to see, watch again. But, man, he he recovered. Now, Zion Williamson's a totally different story. I'm sorry I interrupted you, uh, Christian. What you got? No, I, I just was going to just say, I mean, I guess some people think you should celebrate your teammate it's after you you know get a quick win or something. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have issue with it. I was just going to try to think back with football. I mean, obviously your families aren't courtside or right there. Um, so you, you kind of have no choice but to celebrate your, with your teammates and go shake hands and whatnot. But um, I know, I mean, some bowl games and then situations like that, guys, would be, were, were quick to kind of find their family if they were kind of down near the not necessarily down to the field, but you know what I mean. If the if the stands were kind of close and they could go see them and find them, um, I, I don't really see it. I, yeah, I think he's kind of blowing that one out of proportion, guys. Yeah, me too. All right, I don't know if you guys got big plans for the weekend, but uh, I hope whatever it is, you have a great weekend. Um, Joe Gaither, thank you again for all your time and what you do at our flagship station. Lars, what are you going to do? You got kids baseball? Golly, I got a lot of yeah, that coming up too. I got, I got, I got airplane rides, but uh, I'll be back in Birmingham shortly. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be hitting 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 some baseball uh, games. Christian, have a great weekend, man. Y'all too. Roll tide. Roll tide.